Welcome to Music Ranked, a special production from the Toddcast Podcast. Each month, Todd and I review some of our favorite bands and musical acts. Stemming from a list Eric made a decade ago, he created an algorithm to see who exactly was his favorite band. Now, I do extensive research and rate and review every song. We talk about our memories and artist histories. At the end, we will have all music Music ranked. Welcome to the Toddcast. Uh, I've got Eric with me, ready to scream and yell and and wear flannel and shred some blue jeans with me. How you doing, Eric? I'm doing Very well. Good, grungy. I, yeah, I, I was gonna say this is more of your stuff. I, I mean, I actually remember you <laughs> with flannel shirts, and and primarily these these are probably my first several memories of you as a um, you know, since I was a younger one, and you were in your, I guess, rebellious teenage years or so at least it seems to me it seems to me like you would have been the nirvana grunge alice in chains pearl jam kind of uh, guy so as it sounds we were talking about nirvana today which falls uh originally on my list right after rem and uh you know nirvana is pretty much one of those iconic bands that you know are pretty living infamy uh whether deserved or not, and that's kind of what we're going to discuss today, because they really only put out three studio albums, one nice unplugged album, and one like compilation of B-sides that the fans just needed to have. And, and yeah. it is probably the group so far that's had the least amount of songs or discography that we've listened to, um, Simon and Garfunkel being the other, maybe. They had, you know, they were around for just a bit. So, yeah, Nirvana, all things, and I expect you to give me some real-life, real-time how, how this band actually affected people in the 90s, because this is, uh, you know, looking through it. From now, it's, it's difficult to tell. Like, I, I mean, yeah. I know everybody points them as, you know, innovators and, and ahead of its time, or, or at least creating the grunge. You, you tell me. Yeah, what, what are your memories <laughs> with Nirvana? Yeah, I, I, I kind of got it on the ground floor with Nirvana. And, you know, not for nothing, what these guys came in at what, 24 on your original list? Somewhere around, around there? The, yeah, 24, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. The, these guys are in my number three slot in my wow. original list. Now, I will say this is one of the like most of the times when you we, we do this, you listen to the full discography and I've got sort of a, you know, a selection that I go through. This is one of the ones where I have everything they've ever put out. And then some, like I've got a whole bunch of weird imports and B-sides and, you know, <laughs> oddballs and rarities that uh, you, you you probably haven't seen or heard, nor do I think that you necessarily need to, <laughs> if <laughs> sure. I'm being honest. And unlike normally, where I just go to whatever rankings I had before, when Nirvana came around, I went through and, and basically wiped out my existing rankings. Like, I'm going to listen to these guys through again and do a re-ranking. I don't know if they're going to keep the number three slot. They're still going to be pretty high up for me, but but I think three is perhaps ambitious. But we'll see. But yeah, my first memories of Nirvana were my friend Mike's house. He lived right down the road from our high school. In Martin's Ferry back in the day, at lunchtime, you were allowed to leave the school to go to lunch. And a bunch of us would just go over to Mike's house to hang out for, you know, 45 minutes. And this was also the height of MTV actually playing music videos. Yeah. So, you know, we'd, we'd go to his house, we'd, you know, eat some chips, soda, MTV would be on in the background, and we'd just kind of hang out. 
and I remember Smells Like Teen Spirit coming on and seeing it, and it was, you know, it's funny because I actually hopped on YouTube yesterday and and rewatched the Smells Like Teen Spirit video just because it showed up on the little sidebar of you know suggestions. I'm like, yeah, I haven't seen that in a while, and the video's good, but it's not particularly remarkable. It's them in some high school gymnasium in darkness and smoke just playing the song like there's not a whole lot going on it's like it would draw your eye or make you think that it was something iconic like there are a bunch of videos from back in the day where people were doing some crazy shit and if you happen to be in the room and it caught your eye you're like oh i must watch this this is too you know fucked up to not look at mm-hmm. it smells like teen spirit really wasn't that it was a band playing their thing you know like whatever but i remember it coming on and i remember hearing it in that that hook, that riff, that music is just one of those things that just sort of bore down into me. Like, I heard the song once at lunchtime, and, like, for the remainder of the afternoon, I could not get it out of my head. Like, it just it just sunk in. And I was in. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It, you know, got stuck in my head. You know, as soon as we had, to ch- I had the chance to get uh, Nevermind, I did. Uh, a buddy of mine was actually even further ahead of the curve than I was. He had their debut album, Bleach, and shared that with us. And, you know, it was on. And, of course, you're, you're absolutely right. I was wearing the flannel and the blue jeans back in the day with, with the best of them. <laughs> yeah, you had your uh, your hair was longer, and I think you might have been shaved up a side or something like that. I, I do recall uh, this. That That is the... The Todd that I remember from my youth, the grunge one. Oh, yeah. Now, oh, yeah. so yeah, Nirvana hit, uh, so they were 24th on mine. And, and as you said, you go through and you rank and so forth. From what I can tell, Nirvana has really good, they have some really strong songs. They also have some of these songs that I just dislike the most, which are like straight up noise, you know, riffs and yeah. or just feedback sound, songs, which don't score <laughs> right. well for me yeah so it's like the highest of highs and the lowest of lows and like so what do you get in between <laughs> and there's not you know unfortunately just don't have enough songs you know to kind of if they would have continued on the trajectory and let's say they put out 15 albums and on each album there was three or four solid songs a couple of them fives mostly you know some fours and so forth that would outrank right. uh you know the one or two noise tracks that they probably have And everything else would be threes or or so forth. And from a ranking perspective, you know, using like an MPS formula, they would have been fine. They would have ranked well because it's um, the hits are what we remember. And that's why they were number three on your list and they were number 24 on mine. If you look at it right now, they're going to continuously drop because they didn't hit right now. They're right just above tool, which is in the same vein. You know, I don't have any nostalgic value and, and Nirvana definitely has more like my mainstream hits than tool, but they right. like completely dropped underneath. I mean, they're under Jethro tall <laughs> and you know, and cake <laughs> and, and Crosby stills and Nash. And yeah, they're like, they really dropped, which it's, I mean, it's unfortunate, but that's kind of the, the, you know, and I thought they were going to break my formula. Truthfully. I thought <laughs> it might go the other way around because I've done a lot of sampling to make sure these are realistic in terms of like, all right, wh- who would I rather listen to? Right. And that's really right, comes right. down to it. If I said, who would I rather listen to Nirvana or Jethro Tull? And that's the, that's still the tough one because in my head I might say Nirvana because you definitely have a good percentage chance of getting one of the great songs that they released. 
you know, like right. you said, Smells Like Teen Spirit is a fantastic song for me, you know, like In Bloom and Lithium um, and All Apologies are all solid songs that I would very rarely, if ever, skip. Right. Jethro Tall, on the other hand, I mean, like their best songs teacher, but that's that's and for my opinion, but they're all below those songs easily. You know, Nirvana, right. all of the five star songs are better than Jethro Tall's five stars. <laughs> but if you ran, if you did a random song generator, the odds of me getting a Jethro Tall that is listenable, meaning I don't have to skip it. It's just is far better than Nirvana because longer discography, you know, less noise right. tracks, so forth. So. You know, that was my biggest fear is it was going to break my algorithm. Well, and I kind of figured that Nirvana would be tricky for you because of the noise track factor. Just because, you know, different tastes, different sort of backgrounds to music. Yes, Nirvana is considered to be one of the, the grandfathers of grunge. But that kind of happened sort of like they didn't say, OK, let's put together a band. Let's make this new sound. Let's call it grunge. Like that wasn't their thing. They sort of started off as sort of a... I would almost call them a punk band. Yeah. Like they were they were on the border between punk and metal or, you know, hard rock sort of a thing. And it just that they emerged in this time frame that a bunch of other stuff was coming out of Seattle and they had a certain sort of a look that wasn't quite as full on anarchy as punks, wasn't as hairband and makeup as like, you know, some of the metal units. Like they sort of were their own thing and became grunge. But if you look and listen to a lot of the grunge acts of the day, like Nirvana is almost sort of punk, kind of like uh, Alice in Chains is is really more metal than yeah. anything. Pearl Jam was sort of classic, not classic rock, but just more of a traditional sort of rock and roll thing. Soundgarden was was a little more rock and roll, hard rock sort of a thing. Like grunge is a weird name to put on them. Like it's a handy container to put them all in that in retrospect, but with Nirvana being essentially sort of a punk unit and with punk groups really enjoying just torturing the ever loving fuck out of those guitars with the feedback <laughs> and the whatnot. Like uh, I yeah. just know Eric is not going to be as into this as <laughs> some other stuff. And they are definitely going to take a hit because like I said, I went through and blanked out all the ratings and listened to every track starting at the beginning with bleach and working my way through to the end and rating them. And even myself going back, trying to be objective and be like, okay, how do I feel about this song? I've tried to, I mean, we've often said nostalgia fades in, and mm-hmm. we'll, you know, add some stars. But I mean, there were a couple tracks that I think I just gave a little too much benefit of the doubt on first time around. Because there are some tracks where it's like, okay, we're just going to hit these strings and yell and, yeah. <laughs> and, and see how it goes. And, you know, there are points in time where I'm good with that because that's like I have sort of a... a a background of, you know, enjoying punk music and, and some of the, you know, more screamy metal type stuff. Whereas, you know, maybe the guy who so highly prizes Richard Marx is not going to enjoy that, you know, as much. <laughs> uh, and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that either way, but it doesn't surprise me that these guys are, you know, maybe going to dip down in the rankings for you. Sure. Yeah. So it looked like I had 65 total songs and this is the problem here. I had 12 total four or five songs. Or, or stars. So there's 12 total good songs. All the other ones are, are essentially score zero or negative. So they have five. <laughs> right. So so it was 12 versus 43. And that's just, I mean, yeah, it makes a badass greatest hit CD, but it's yeah. just not a strong combination of what I like. And yeah. 
for the most part, that you're completely correct. I mean, it seems like they were a punk band, and I have a very hard time. Oh, I have a hard time believing that when we get to punk bands, they are going to score well. I just, I just don't know how it's going to happen oh, yeah. because it's not a genre that I have any nostalgic value. Like, it's not like no, I listened no, to no, it. No. I wasn't, uh, and I don't necessarily love the sound. And I think the reason Nirvana scored so high is because they have Kurt Cobain was a Beatles fan, and he right. kind of wrote pop songs with a punk kind of grunge sound to it. Like they have right. great choruses and, and, you know, I, and I don't know the technical terms of what they exactly are, but you can hear them and you're like, Oh yeah, that sounds that could easily be upbeat tempo and, and turned into a, like a nice pop song, which right. is primarily when you look at a lot of the stuff I like, that is primarily it. Yeah. Hence Richard Marks, you know, Chicago and stuff like that. I'm just like, yes, right. The Beatles in general, they just, that's the right. kind of music I enjoy. So Nirvana was problematic. It did not break the list because imagine this is, this is where it's also going to be tough. Imagine if they just, let's say it was the other way around 43 to 12 uh, or, or even so let's say they had 10 more great songs. They could have shot way past these other groups, even if they had right. five or, you know, six awful songs and it is it is uh, scary every time I put one of these in to see if they align with how my brain really feels. Um, <laughs> but it did. It, it you know I'm not arguing it. You know I think if you ask me to pick one song from Nirvana or one song from Jethro Tull or one song from Cake or one song from Crosby, Stills, Nash, I might pick the one song from Nirvana if I get to choose what it is. But right. that's right. that you know that is not the rules that I created for my own fake little algorithm. So. <laughs> All right, Todd, I think we're going to take a break real quick. We'll come back, and we'll go ahead and maybe talk about some of these songs we like. I like it. When buying clothes, you have choices. You can be stylish, be trendy, be outspoken, but those are all the wrong answers. We want you to be like Justin Benline. Be beige. Why show personality in your clothing when you can lock yourself away and be forgotten? Franchise 10 Apparel has been bringing the best clothes and accessories that'll never be seen. Even hermits wear shirts. Visit justinbenline.com and save 30% off the Justin Benline collection. Justinbenline.com. No personality, no problem. Be beige. And we are back from our break. Hey, you know, I actually thought of something. You, you and I were actually talking right before we recorded today uh, about the Wii mm -hmm. Rock Band game. Have you ever heard the story about how I probably could have got myself fired for, <laughs> from singing Nirvana? I don't know that I have. How, All right, how well, did this transpire? All right. So I was working at a call center. I was a manager at a call center. Call centers are pretty um, miserable places for employees. They, you pick up phones all day, uh, you answer, and especially when you work for a cable company call center, meaning you're getting yelled at because American Idol isn't showing because there's a power line down and your cable's out. You know, <laughs> right? The, you know, um, right? Uh, or or the Super Bowl's not you know not working. You know, and you have a 20, 35 people at your house, and what what do they want to do to you? They just scream at you because you're the other person on the end of the line. Right. So these these aren't real stories, but they are real stories. Either way, worked at a call center, became a manager of a call center. I had the least tenured team because I was the newest manager. You know, I right. was probably 19 years old. Uh, so I was imagine a 19 year old just being a manager. <laughs> I mean, you've yeah, dealt that's... with teenagers now. It's 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 remarkable in a way that I convinced people that I should be a manager. And then I look back and I'm like, wow. 
you know, so I had super long hair and I looked almost like a grunge guy because I'd go to school or I'd go to work with like holes in my jeans, long hair, um, you know, and this was, you know, uh, you know, obviously two thousand mid 2000s. Right. So part of the thing is that everybody was always miserable there. So they always tried to do like appreciation days or try to get people to the point where they were like wanting to come to work because the. Uh, attrition rate at this call center was like 200%, meaning they'd go oh, through. Yeah, uh, that's that's just employees. call centers. Exactly. Yeah. It's not a job that everybody se- seeks out and wants. So, so, and then I had the worst because I had the brand new people that would be like, yeah, this isn't what I want to do. After, you know, they go through the training, get paid, try it for a day, get yelled at all day, say, nah, we're leaving. So I would yeah. always have new people and so forth. So it was, is taxing. So we, I would always try to come up with ways as well to, you know, keep people motivated. Uh, and one of these ways they asked, like, what can we do, you know, to, you know, make it fun or whatever. And I think we did like an American Idol esque like con contest with numbers and stuff like that. Not people singing, but like we looked at, you know, the metrics that they're grading and, you know, came up with scoring systems and so forth. And part of that was all music theme. And I said, hey, I can bring my game rock band for the Wii and put it in the break room and people can play, you know, during breaks and stuff, you know, cool. which is it, which was fine and all. So we had this little library section that was kind of gated off. So you couldn't really hear or anything, but we hooked it up in there and, and, uh, you know, every now and then I'd jump in, go out there and see who's playing and stuff. And we'd play, I would go out there and I would sing and play guitar or whatever, for I think the song lithium was the one that came up that I was okay at singing. Cause it's not super hard to sing Nirvana. I mean, it's not yeah. like, <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it's not super difficult to move your voice around for the rock band game. You put it on easy and you could sing anything you want. Uh, so in lithium, there is a line that basically doesn't describe nature in a loving fashion. The classic nature is a whore. Nature is a whore. All right. So, uh, <laughs> so, so here's the deal is I'm just singing and going along with my merry way with a couple other people that I trusted, you know, people that were like younger and so forth. It's not like we were having like 80 year olds playing rock band with us, probably younger generation right. uh, in there and we're playing and I'm singing and um, halfway through the song, somebody comes in the back, but I'm singing and I don't know the lyrics offhand. Somebody opens up the door and like peeks their head in and I'm just like, all right, who it's just probably some whatever. And then it gets to the line. Nature is a whore. And I think to myself, what am I going to do? Am I just not going to sing the line or am I just going to go for it? You know, and I wanted to get that hundred percent score so i oh, yeah. yelled out nature is a whore <laughs> <laughs> and and there's still a person and then a couple seconds later i hear the door shut and and it's glass glass windows and of course right. it is the boss of the entire building <laughs> it's the main guy and i'm like oh shit you know and i'm just this young you know rebellious manager in general and i'm like well right. let's let's see if this goes of anywhere and it was never spoke of no one mentioned it at all but i'm sure i lost some like points because it's still a professional building and you know <laughs> calling nature a whore you know as a manager and stuff um but but it did fit my personality at the time i was definitely rebellious and that was what you got with me if you know yeah. you got these ridiculous ideas of me bringing rock band and doing all these contests and stuff but you also have me saying naughty words in the break room but that is right. one of my fondest memories of nirvana <laughs> um and the game rock band and and i think that ties well to what i believe is probably my favorite song, which would, I think it might be, is it In Bloom or is it Lithium? I can't remember which one it is. It might be In Bloom. You would have to tell me. I, I don't know what you, what you No, no, I'm t- I can't, I can't recall which one is the one that is Nature's a Whore. And that's the, that's. The oh, one. that's Lithium. That's Lithium. Okay. That's Lithium. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I think it comes down to. Or is it In of, Bloom? Down I don't now know. Now you got me, whatever. <laughs> it's yeah, that song. It that, that's, that's it, your favorite. 
uh, either way, yeah, it really okay. comes down to, I, and I really liked all apologies. Um, and after listening back, I, it's it, the MTV version and or the standard version, they're all fine to me. Uh, I, I used to think that I had to listen to the All Apologies from MTV Unplugged. And after listening back, they're about the same. <laughs> it's really not that yeah, much different. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I'm taking a look at my my lists here. And we we often chat about how harsh I am at grading and how, how hard it is to get a five-star out of me. Eric, out of the entire Nirvana discography, Keeping in mind that Nirvana occupied my number three slot. Number how three. Many, how, how many five-star songs do you think I have for Nirvana in iTunes Jesus. right now? Well, the way you're prefacing this, I would assume that maybe one. <laughs> like the... <laughs> Four. Wow. All right. I mean, there, there, are, there, there are a whole mess of fours and, and threes, and there are only a couple of ones. But yeah, there there are four or five star songs for me. Now this is based on the the going back through and re-rating. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But it's it's Heart Shaped Box, Man Who Sold uh-huh. the World, Smells Like Team Spirit, Come As You Are. Those are the top picks. I think if I had to pick a favorite, it would probably actually be Come As You Are. As much as I love Team Spirit and that's what got me hooked, sure. I really that's I really five. that's groove. a nostalgia five. Yeah. <laughs> I really groove to to Come As You Are. Whew. My my friend, um, it never ceases to amaze me how you and I can be so similar, <laughs> but so wrong on bands. So those are all. So what you have are fours, right? Like okay. Besides, smells like Teen Spirit. That's a five for me. But for the most part, you're you're giving fours. Uh, the the songs that I that you're giving fives, I give fours, and vice versa, which is super funny because I have five five stars. So we're about on sync there. But what what are your five? I go with smells like Teen Spirit. And then I go okay. with In Bloom and Lithium. And the newest song that hit a five, just because, I, and it might, it could teeter between four and five because it's a new one, is Something in the Way, which is super basic, super easy. Oh. But that is just like a jam that I really like. But to be a five-star I, song, you just have to be a song I really like and I don't want to skip. Oh yeah. No, so, I, I can see that for you. Absolutely. Um, so it's just a basic, and then all apologies. So those are those yeah. were my fives and and the other you know the songs that you said were all fours to me and I did debate on Heart Shaped Box and Come As You Are uh, if they were five star songs uh, you I probably could argue that I could shift in or say this these could be one but at the end of the day I decided not <laughs> yeah, yeah there was uh there was what seven I think I said seven seven four star songs then most of most songs are threes and twos and and ones unfortunately and that yeah. is just the the group nirvana in terms of greatest albums there's not much to choose from todd what what <laughs> you no no one. no i mean like i think you you summed it up pretty well if you're going to put together a greatest hits they make a really kick-ass greatest hits but if you look at the whole discography there's just they didn't put out enough albums to sort of outweigh some of the more punkish stuff that if that's not your taste it's gonna you know sort of thin the mix for you so yeah that makes sense i mean is, is never mind your favorite album i mean it probably should be given that you know two out of four of my five stars are off of yeah. that although i don't know bleach is bleach is pretty pretty solid for me but again that's probably even more punk of them and probably uh, yeah I, I did enjoy some punk back in the day like it's kind of a toss-up well, the, for me, it was really simple. Nevermind was a astounding top score. Bleach barely scored above zero in utero and incesticide, <laughs> yeah. which I counted incesticide because it was all original new music. Right. Which it wasn't a studio album, but it was new music that they 
released. You know, like it because it was it, a compilation of like B sides and such. From like, it yes, was they didn't like, like sit and, and record yeah. that as an no. album like they did with Bleach or Nevermind or yeah. Nitro. Okay. From what I understand, from my musical friend, uh, shout out to John Wyatt Edgar and all his stuff. We, we would go back and forth. So he is the other one that's kind of involved in a music rank aspect because I will share with him what band I'm listening to, and he is a wealth of weird knowledge. Uh, like this is his some of his music that he enjoys. So he starts talking about like, you know, and I started talking about, well, should incesticide count? And I, you know, I talked a lot of metadata, like like theories and, and scoring systems and stuff because this is what I do. And he's, right. you know, I'm like, should incesticide count if if a band allows the music to go out on a label, that should count because they basically signed off. Yes, yeah. it might not have been great enough to go on the main one, but if they do a greatest hits or a re-release and they release some of these unrecorded tracks, like they're kind of signing off that it should go out to the world. I think if it's a oh, song yeah. that they're, no, they're making yeah. it publicly available, they're they're giving it to you to enjoy and rate as you see fit. I, I would agree yeah. with that. So yeah. you know, and this has been the the argument we've had a lot over the holidays, and it's not an argument; it's just a conversation of like, where do Christmas albums sit? And I'm slowly starting to feel the same way as like, all right, yeah, you chose to put that out there. So if it's going to hit your discography and it's going to be in the random mix of songs that I have to play, then you should qualify. So that's kind of how Incesticide came out. Like, yes, these weren't your greatest songs that you didn't want to put on your main albums. But I guess the fans were so feverish of they needed they needed some more Nirvana that the record label and the band said, all right, here's what we got. You can have it. And that is how Incesticide came out between albums. So it yeah. uh, didn't score well for me because, I mean, there were no five-star songs, maybe not even a four for that matter. You know, In Utero scored some four-star songs, but it couldn't make up for some of the crap that it put out for me. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, that, you know, that makes sense. My thoughts here, and this is really where I think some of the conversation should go. So I obviously listened to a lot of podcasts and watched a lot of videos about Nirvana. And you get to hear kind of two sides. There are definitely the, fan, the fans that like, you know, love Nirvana and everything about them. There were actually specific Nirvana podcasts. Like they did every song, every album. There were several of those. Right. And this is just so weird because this is a group that only put out 65 songs. And, you know, maybe 10 of those were not like unreleased, like not even supposed to be songs. And then you have these other ones that are just, yeah, overrated, overrated. They were just, you know, they're not that special. Nothing great about, you know, the songs weren't complex. The lyrics aren't that great. They weren't that talented musicians, blah, blah, blah. You know, maybe. And then they always take Dave Grohl out of the mix because he seems to be like the most talented. You yeah. know, and then some people were saying Kurt Cobain is like this genius and, and, you know, ahead of his time and stuff. And it's just, you don't, there's not a definitive. It's kind of like polar right, polar left kind of craziness. And yeah, it's insane that a band that was around for such a short period of time is still, you know, being discussed, which makes me think that, yes, they were iconic. And maybe they were iconic because it was the right place, right time, right sound. But, you know, I want your opinion since you lived it. Was this a, was this a band that kind of like, I mean, it sounds to me like, you know, they, they got your attention at lunchtime. You know, was oh, this yeah. a I mean, groundbreaking I mean, band? Yes and no. And again, I, I clearly don't speak on behalf of my entire, you know, generation. This is, <laughs> you know. You can if you want. <laughs> um, I guess to me, like, Nirvana was, was great. And I, and I, you know, from the first time I heard them, I loved them. I enjoyed their music. I got all their stuff. I listened to it. I enjoyed it, you know, very, very much. If you had asked me in 
let's say, 93, kind of in their heyday, what do you think of Nirvana? I would have said, oh, I fucking love them. They're awesome. If you would have then looked at me and said, okay, what do you think about Stone Temple Pilots? I fucking love them, too. Okay, how do you feel about Nine Inch Nails? Oh, they're, they're, they're the fucking best. Like, in the moment, I enjoyed all of those things. I don't know that I necessarily held Nirvana in any particular high place of prestige. Like, I liked them a lot, but they weren't something that I considered extra and above and legendary at the time. Yeah. Is, as tragic as it is, I think there's something about when a band member dies, you then look back at them. Like, there's a certain part of you that thinks back, oh, this, they were the best. You know, it sort of adds a certain something to your memories of it because you can't have any more sort sure. of a thing. Yeah. And, and I think one of the reasons why when you're listening to podcasts and stuff, you've got that, you know, polarizing thing is I, I would bet solid money that all the people that are like, oh, he was a genius. He was groundbreaking. It was the best thing ever are the folks who, like me, grew up with them were around when he died and have kind of thrown some sort of rose colored nostalgia on the thing that kind of elevates it. And I'm not saying it's not deserved, but maybe it's not as deserved. Whereas the folks on the other side, they're like, yeah, it was good music, but it's not like, it's not like his vocals were particularly magical or his lyrics were particular. You know what I mean? The folks who are yeah. on the other side of that are folks who maybe were not part of that time and space and, you know, you look at it objectively and it's like, yeah, it's good music. But, you know, I remember people making the same argument about the doors. You know? Sure. Yeah, I could. You okay. know, yeah, he's, you know, he's, yeah. he's got he's got, you know, some poetic lyrics, but, you know, they don't they aren't necessarily the most deep. You're like, yes, he can sing, but he's not the most gifted vocalist, you know, speaking about Jim Morrison. And, you know, I really love the shit out of some doors, but I am also objective enough to stand back and go, well, yeah, you're. He, he wasn't the best singer on the planet. You're right. You know, and I can kind of do the same thing with Nirvana. And I think that's kind of how that how that can play. Because, I mean, in the, and I fall I fall victim to that, you know, just the same. Uh, I, I specifically remember, you know, kind of the where I was and what I was doing when I found out that that Kurt Cobain had died. I was working at the library there in Martins Ferry at the time. And one of the guys I worked with was into Tori Amos. And it's going to go off on a slight side tangent, but trust me, it all comes back around. Who is another person that random lunchtime at Mike's on MTV, we saw one of her videos and it was just creepy. And that was one of the ones where it's like, okay, this lady <laughs> is is walking around and, you know, and dancing with snakes and kissing rats. And like, it's one of those, what the fuck is going on here? And then you listen and, you know, I enjoyed the music. Tori's pretty high up on my list. I don't know that we'll ever get to that point or not maybe that'll be a palate cleanse he had just given me uh, a copy of like one of her singles you know borrow this it's good stuff and i you know threw it in my backpack didn't think anything of it later on that afternoon got the news that that kurt cobain had died you know and it was it was a bummer it was, it's definitely sad anytime anybody dies it's sad but it's not like i had this ma you know major deep connection to kurt cobain or nirvana like it was like oh man that's a bummer and i go home and I put on this Tori Amos CD, and one of, like, the bonus tracks was her doing this, you know, acoustic piano and vocal cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit. Mm -hmm. And about three lines into that is when it kind of hit me. Oh, shit. He's, there is no more Kurt Cobain. There is no more Nirvana. 
you know, heroin sucks, <laughs> suicide is shitty. Yeah. Like just and it, it kind of hit, and that's kind of my memory of how that era sort of ended. Yeah, I don't think I have any memories of grunge era to be quite honest well, i mean, the I most mean grunge you, you would have been era, what, eight eight oh i was young yeah i mean now old. my buddy my buddy remembers and he says he remembers when kurt died you know he was only a year older than me i just wasn't into that mix i mean my strongest tie to nirvana was obviously the weird owl parody it smells like <laughs> nirvana you right. know so right. i don't have those strong connections there i discovered them later Jeez, i don't even know where the hell i mean it would have been in high school and it might have even have been a you know, my buddy Edgar playing one of their songs at the, you know, senior talent show type whatever thing they right. do. I don't know. I mean, in summary, I think Nirvana for probably both of us are, are in a sense where like we hold them in a high regard. Oh, yeah. But that is uh, there is definitely nostalgia and just looking at the top of the mountain, so to speak, or you know, yeah. so forth. When you or the iceberg, the tip of the iceberg is what they call it. When yeah. you go underneath and you're like, oh, yeah, but there's a lot of crap down here. So when you get less, <laughs> when you get less touchy feely, and you start actually listening to it, and you're like, okay, well, it, you know, for someone that that's their genre, maybe scores better. We all know that that's not my cup of tea. It's slightly more your cup of tea than mine. But right. I'll be interested to see how far they'll drop. Granted, we're still listening to my top 30. All these groups are scoring well because they have greatest hit CDs that I've owned or had or so forth. Right. You know, there's not going to be a tremendous amount of movement right now. But when I start getting other groups in there, for instance, you said Tori Amos. I just look, she's 137th on my list. So she she is <laughs> she did make the list. But okay. does she rank better than Nirvana? That's a great question. Like, we will see. How much Tori Amos do you have or are we're familiar with when she came in? I know Cornflake Girl. I was say like two songs. <laughs> no, 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 no. At this point in time, I believe uh, my next door neighbor uh, liked Tori Amos a lot. So I, okay. I think I sampled her latest album at the time. Uh, but Cornflake Girl was one of the few. And then maybe she had something else that I remember. And it probably was okay. a cover. So right. it's it's tough to say. Uh, I mean, but okay. then I look at this. I start looking at the later end of my list, and it's a hodgepodge of just mess. Oh yeah. I'm looking at. I'm like, I don't know how the like. I'd smack myself for some of these because I'm like, yeah. I don't know how I would rank some yeah. of these over the other ones. And I think it was just a matter of like, all right, let's take their songs and then start comparing one to two songs against each other. You know. So uh, well, we'll see if we ever get to Tori Amos. That's likely to be pretty interesting in any case because oh yeah uh you know she is number 12 on my list based largely on the strength of her first i want to say five or six albums because after that they sort of started they weren't quite as good in my mind and Mm -hmm. she's put out a bunch since and i feel like if we get there and i actually do pull an entire discography i feel like she's going to take a hit that is for some time in the year, what, 2035? Oh, yeah, we long time. We will get there. But Nirvana finishes right now, not as high as they did. We'll, we'll see how they go. Well, thanks, Eric. Thanks for all your information. Everybody, if you want to tap into Eric's resources for you know podcasts and documentaries and so forth, or any other music information, head on over to musicranked.com. He's got that all laid out for you. Thanks for listening. And until next time, I hope you all have a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Toddcast Podcast. If you have comments, questions, or topic ideas you'd like us to chat about, you can reach out on social. Search for Toddcast Podcast. Visit our website at toddcastpodcast.com with a single D in Todd. 
There you will find show notes, original articles, and a backlog of episodes. If you'd enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share with your like-minded friends. Perhaps you would consider subscribing, following, or marking this podcast as a favorite if you've not yet done so. And of course, reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts are appreciated. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. Thank you.